Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So shouldn't Tom Brady be able to play in, I don't know, any offense? And did we expect the Bucks to beat the best team on the entire planet? We'll even get into some Christmas movies for you. We'll discuss all of that and more with Tom Jones, my former radio partner, longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute of Media Studies on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, folks, have you checked out Breitling Boutique? They're in International Plaza, and guess what? They're one of only 15 that's right, 15 in the United States. You know it's the Christmas season. If you haven't been shopping for a, uh, a nice gift, let me tell you, check out Breitling Boutique. This place has welcomed championship quarterbacks and Hall of Famers and boxers as clients. They're going to treat everyone the same way. They're going to treat you like a celebrity as well. These are uh, terrific watches. I mean, I, I love the Chronomet Bentley. Um, you, you put these things on and I'm telling you, you're going to want to buy one. And if you go in there and tell the folks at Breitling that Rick Stroud sent you, you will get a free $60 Breitling cap just for trying on one of those beautiful watches. But I assure you, you're going to want to take that watch home as well. Go see our friends at Breitling Boutique in International Plaza. All right. Tom Jones joins us now. We got lots to talk about, of course, in sports, Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, college football, COVID, all of that. Before we get started, I got to get this sort of off my chest because this is the Christmas season, of course, Tom, as you know. Right. And I, I'm a big Christmas guy. I mean, I had the had the tree up, you know, I think maybe before Thanksgiving or at least the day after all of that. Lights outside, all that. But I come in here and I'm and I'm kind of, you know, just piddling around and, and, and getting ready for the show and everything. And, you know, Lifetime and all these other stations have... Christmas movies. There's one on every day now because we are just, you know, T minus, right. what, 22 days or so. Mm-hmm. And the one that's on uh, on this particular evening is The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Right. Which I don't like. For some reason, like, there's something about this movie that bothers me. And I, don't, I can't really, I can't put well, my Well, I don't up. like Tim Allen. I don't know what it is about him. Tim Allen bugs me. It's not like he's... Uh, you know, the home improvement. I used to watch it back in the day. It was okay. You didn't think that was funny? Uh, yeah, no, I thought it was okay. It wasn't yeah. wasn't Big Bang Theory, which everybody knows I hate. But <laughs> it was it was okay. I mean, I didn't which watch. I don't it. get either. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Like I don't that get show. why you hate it. I oh, get this. Yeah, I, I, get, I get never those. laughed at it. Never laughed at it. I watch it tonight. <laughs> put it on again. <laughs> Ten minutes. My wife puts it on as a, my wife puts it on just a as a joke. <laughs> Look, she'll look at me and she'll start laughing watching me make like not, not completely straight faced. Right. But yeah, so but so like Home Improvement, I kind of you know I watched it. I didn't mind him and everything, but he's got that other show, the 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 where he Last you know, Man Standing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've watched yeah. that a couple times. Don't like it. But isn't so, that like Home Improvement? I mean, I, kind of, I don't know. I don't. No. I don't even know enough about it to know because I don't watch it long enough. And like I said, it's not like I'm, it's not like I, he he used to be a funny comedian, funny stand up. So, but. And I like Toy Story. He was in Toy Story. He was but, great as Buzz Lightyear. Right. That was his best role. But uh, but now, so about the Santa Claus, what is it you 
Do you know what it is you don't like about no, it? No, I can't. That's the thing. Like, I, I don't know if it's the story. I don't know if it's like, uh, you know, just the aesthetics of it. Him gaining weight. Yeah. Having a beard that grows back. Real f- I, I don't know. Like, I get the I get the whole premise of it, but it's uh, I don't know. I mean, there's some Christmas movies that I like. I mean, there are I, universally we can agree on on some that are that are great, and then there are some that may not even be considered Christmas movies exactly. So I like the, got, like Die Hard, Die Hard, a Christmas movie, not Christmas movie. That's like the always. Yeah, debate. right. That's the big debate, right? Is Die Hard, and it, and it, it empirically it is a Christmas movie, right? I think. I think so. I go. And I go it, with that. To the and point. Steve Burstick beforehand brought up Trading Places, right? Whether and I think that is a Christmas. Movie. I would agree. Now, many people would say it's not because it's Christmas is just sort of a back, but but it is. Right. It's the funny thing is is that how you know it's in the genre if you call up great Christmas movies, <laughs> uh, it appears there. Trading Places it does in fact appear there. Well, As that's does, just some schmo like us. The, well, know, yeah, but I mean, I haven't seen there. many lists where it's not on. No, that's know, like true. I, that's true. I mean, you see, like okay, Gremlins. Christmas movie? Ooh, see, I wouldn't have thought normally. No, no, no. I mean, not no. But I, but if I think Die Hard is, then I would have to think that is Home Alone. Right. Home Alone. It's not Christmas. Really, isn't part of the plot necessarily. Although she's trying. Well, it kind of Christmas. is. But it's not like I mean, the main part is kids Home Alone. Yeah. People and Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern are, are trying to break into his house. Right. But. But it. Yeah, but Santa it Claus. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not a. What is? Do you have a favorite? Do you have a favorite? I have a couple. I mean, yeah. I mean, I have I have an absolute favorite, but I mean, I would just you know, I I don't I haven't ranked these yet. Yeah. You know, there's some of the classics, and the one that I'll talk about that's my favorite is a classic. But like you know, Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Does that have legs? Does that still? Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah. But if a guy if a guy tried that now, they throw him in jail. That's you know true. what I mean? Like, right. Try to convince people you're Chris Kringle. Or whatever. There was a there was a, a couple of years ago. I saw it was a uh, there was there was a show that um. I'm trying to think who did I think it was it was might have been the Aaron Aaron Sorkin did it. It was uh Studio Sixty on the Sunset Strip. And it was basically like loosely based on Saturday Night Live. And it was like mm-hmm. it was like a drama about Saturday, like kind of like behind the scenes of Saturday Night Live. Matthew Perry from Friends was in it and Bradley Whitford and Amanda Pete was on it. It was a real I thought it was a really good show. I thought it was really good. But they on that show had a like fake skit. Which remember the Dateline when they did the Dateline where the guy shows up like predators like when they're the predators come to the house and they to catch a predator I think yeah, it was right sure so they did a skit on this thing where Santa Claus was basically coming down the chimney and the guy from you know whatever the guy's name was from to catch a predator is like so what are you doing here on this uh, you came to who did you come to see he's like well I got a note from this little girl named. Tina. And how old is Tina? Well, she says she's eight. And you thought it was appropriate to show up at her house. It was with a brilliant. Gifts. Yeah, with, with gifts. Yeah. And you yeah. Waited, what did you bring? It was it was really it was really smartly done. It was pretty funny. But um but anyway, so yeah, I interrupted like your uh No, your no, I, I I was just running through like the you know, the ones that always come up. I mean, um speaking of Saturday Night Live, I mean what, do you think Elf is funny? Do you like Elf? Yes, yeah, I do. I think I Elf's think- hilarious. My wife, I asked my, my wife's all-time favorite Christmas movie is "It's a Wonderful Life," but um, we'll get. But to that. she loves Elf. She thinks she thinks Elf is just she loves it. And James Caan, which seems odd to me, that yeah, he is serious actor in a comedic role like that is is uh, is is the father. Right? Yeah, really good. No, really good. Yeah, yeah, and he's actually very good in it. Yes. Um, 
but I think, you know, I think Elf works. The one that, and, and now apparently it's not on network TV, I think, this year. It's been purchased by somebody like Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, I think. Now, Disney Plus, right, owns? Yeah, Disney well, Plus owns the rights. It's, they now put it on network TV because they got so many complaints. Oh, they okay, did? Yeah, PBS, I think, yeah. was going to show it, right? Was that right? I uh, know CBS, I think, aired it last oh, week, CBS I think. Is, oh, okay. I think, or oh, they did week. air it. Yeah. Okay. So they wow. were, yeah, they weren't going to show any of the, They weren't going to show the Halloween with, you know, the great... Pumpkin, Pumpkin Charlie and, Brown, yeah, and then uh, and then the Thanksgiving one where you know Ch- Charlie Chuck has everybody over for the house for Thanksgiving, everybody gets invited, and then the Christmas one. But I love all those are great. I taped all of them, watch every one every year. Charlie Brown Christmas is phenomenal. Yes, I think. absolutely. I mean, if you don't get choked up when Linus makes the speech, right, right, that's the whole show right there. Right, exactly. Um, and then the one that uh, everybody uh, seems to want to watch around right around Christmas Eve or whatever is Christmas Story. Yeah, which I love. I w- you love that one? I was on that. I like to think, you know, it's like, um, you know, before it became a cult, sort of a cult thing where it became on TBS, I right. kind of feel like A Christmas Story the way I felt like by the band R.E.M. when I was young. Yeah. Like when, when, they, when I was in college, R.E.M. was just getting cranked up and it was like, I feel like, hey, you guys hear this new band R.E.M.? Like I felt like I was in on the ground floor, you know? Of course I wasn't. There was like a bazillion people. Who were but right. then later, everybody heard of R.E.M. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like I was in on a Christmas story early on. Early. Like, early. Back when we had a guy that we worked with, a guy by the name of Kevin McGeever and I. Yeah. I remember going to a Christmas party and we talked about that movie and just thought it was the funny. And there were people were like, wait, what movie is this? Like they didn't know. They had never seen it. This was even like not long after it was like maybe a year or two after it was released, you know. Yeah. So, it was. Uh, no, that's a. I that that's probably my favorite. You shoot your eye out with that Red Rider. You know that, right? What's that? You shoot, you shoot your, your eye out. With, yeah, absolutely. You know what I thought of Red Rider, the Christmas story. So, um, this is a segue to nowhere. But before Jameis Winston was drafted, we were at the combine, and me and I think it was Roy Cummings were in Lovey Smith's hotel room before he was to go on the podium and tell everybody what he thought of the two quarterbacks, Mariota and Jameis Winston, because it's a combine right before the draft. Bucks have number one pick, right? And so he's trying to sort of, in his own way, run through a bit of the litany of baggage that Jameis has from Florida State, okay? Not the least of which is, you know, the obvious, sure. um, the sexual assault accusations or whatever. And he said right off the top, look, I wasn't there, you weren't there, we don't know what happened or whatever. Um, but they were they were going to look into it and whatnot. And then, then he said, the rest of it, Rick, Rick. I mean, come on, Rick. Who, did, who didn't have a hookup, right? I mean, like, you know, Talk lobster, about the crab, crab legs. legs. Come on, Rick, I had a hookup. He goes... And BB guns, he is Rick. B, my brother and I used to shoot. You know when we stopped shooting BB guns, when we realized it could take a poke our, it could shoot our eyes out. <laughs> and right away, I thought, "What is this? Like this is like the Christmas story." All of a sudden, you told me. But um, yeah, that's why I thought about it. Here's one, and I'll give you the line. We both know this guy. It's a weird line. Um, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the claymation version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's a classic, don't you think? With yeah, Burl sure, Ives, course, yeah. I mean Burl yeah, Ives singing "Have a Holly Jolly Christmas right. to Me," kiss so, her once for me. That's yeah. right. There you go. That was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, another like inside joke with me and my wife. We just love that. Like kiss yeah. her once for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually very good. Thank you. So, um, so the, the story goes that Claire Clarice, I believe, was the doe. Is that the name of the? 
Wasn't that the name? Correct. Of, yes. Okay. Yeah. Of of the 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 female the the doe deer, yeah, the yeah. female deer that Rudolph befriends and you know he's kind of protecting from the abominable snowman or whatever. Mm-hmm. They they go off together, what have you? And uh, Yukon, whatever his name was, Cornelius. Cornelius. Right. And so we know we know well, the movie. Sounds like Steve's into the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Oh, he's, no, he's got the he's got kids. He's got I got five and seven down. year old man. <laughs> right <laughs> now, every, now, every time Rico was it clear? Yeah, that's who. Like Steve's yeah, all over it, man. Well, he's just gotten to where he finishes my sentences now, Tom. I don't even have to think about it. So, uh, you know, it's scary when you first see the abominable. When I when I was a kid, and I sure. saw the snowman. I had to look away. Or right? he's like even Burl Ives kind of shudders there, right for a minute. It's kind of like seeing the monkeys in. Uh, Wizard yeah, the flying Oz, monkeys so, and yeah. winters of Oz. That still yeah, gets to me out, because yeah. I remember what I was like when I was seven or whatever. Right. So the whole thing is, is that Clarice, um, you know, has that one sort of solo where she sings, there's always tomorrow, the dream, you know, that thing. So I was, talking, was, to, I was talking to your boy John Romano one time. <laughs> he just, he cracked me up because like, Clarice, yeah, that was one sexy doe. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hope I'm not telling on John here, but it was just kind of funny because it was like, yeah, I guess if you thought about it, that was, it's like that scene in Night Shift where where uh, Michael Michael Keaton and, or uh, Henry Winkler comes in and the guy's nephew's working there. He's watching cartoons all night, and he's walking out. He goes, that, he's watching the Flintstones. He watches like, is that Barney Rubble? What an actor! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was kind of the same thing. It's like their climation. Uh, um, okay, so my favorite to get to the point of it, there's no point. Um, but my favorite is it's a wonderful life because yeah, I, okay. And I had a tradition for years, and I still try to do it where I will watch uh, the black and white version if it's on NBC or whatever. Whoever would televise mm-hmm. yeah, it usually, usually NBC, Christmas right? Eve. Yeah. Um, or I had it, you know, back in the day had a had a, uh, what a DVD, I guess it would be, or CD or whatever they call those things. You slip into a little yeah, disc. yeah, DVD, yeah. And watch the black because the colorized to me killed it. You know, you right, gotta, sure. has to be black and white. Still, I think the best Christmas movie ever made. Tom, it's hard to argue with it. It's hard to argue with it. Jimmy Stewart, of course, you know, classic. I, uh, I would, I, I, I'm a Christmas story guy, and I even like. It's funny, like like Home Alone for me. Weirdly, is one of really? those movies I tear. I actually tear up a couple times during Home Alone. Oh, what part? Please part, do tell. Well, the the uh, when the dad at the end, when the guy, um, the neighbor guy, hugs his hugs his son. You know, yeah. his, you know what? Speaking of crying at movies, gets me every time. I know this is so cliched, but I I'm slipping around. I hadn't seen Rudy in a while, and I know I'm getting off Christmas movies, but I haven't seen Rudy in a while, and I watched Rudy the other night. And I don't cry at in the parts where like he gets the sack or anything like that. The part that gets me every single time is when he gets into Notre Dame and he's reading the letter on the park bench. You've been accepted. Yeah. You've been accepted. He starts and Sean Aston starts crying. He does like a really good job in that scene. And then uh yeah, that's the that's the one that gets still every time it gets me. Yeah. When when the when Rudy actually starts crying. When Rudy starts crying, yeah. When he no, gets I in, met the he gets I in. met the real Rudy. Have you ever met the real Rudy? I have not, and I know there's a lot of stories about. Uh, you know, I, you well, know. Rick, so Rick Odioso, who used to be the PR guy of the Bucks, will tell you that most of that is fiction. Yeah, and I get that, and I heard it, and I don't, you know, and I know Joe Montana went on Dan Patrick one time and kind of dumped on it or whatever, and I'm like, you know what? I know, although I think Montana kind of backed off of that later, but I read a story. I'm trying to think where I saw it. I don't know if it was in the Athletic 
or somewhere not too long ago, but within the last couple of years, where they, you know, Rudy's kind of a he's kind of living off of that. Which I'm like, you know what? More power to you, Good man. You want to make a dollar off of this? Fine with me. Right. Um, but I I, I I like the whole story, and and this, so if people say, ah, oh, there was there was exaggerated or this or that, like I don't care. I'm not listening to you. I'm going to watch the movie. I'm going to cry when he gets accepted. Yeah. When he when he gets the sack, and I'm I'm all in on it. I'm sorry. I'm all in on Rudy. Yeah. yeah. No, it was it was interesting. He uh, he spoke one time, I think at a, like a Bucks, uh, one of those Chamber of Commerce breakfasts or whatever. And uh, I like the story. I mean, I don't know how much of it is true, but who cares? Well, I'll tell you what is true. What is true is that he they worked his way off to the practice squad and got in the game. I don't care how he did. You know, right. I mean, how he got there and whether it was you know the sack was whatever. It's, a, it's more than I ever. He played he played college football. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it is cool. He came out of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. You know who didn't come out of nowhere, but he also had kind of a rags to riches story is Tom Brady. Tom Brady drafted 160. 199. There you yeah. go. Carries the card around with him still. So the Bucks have lost uh, two in a row now. They lost uh, two in about six days to the Rams and then the Chiefs. And they gave up about 900 and something yards in doing so. <laughs> True story. About Hill's 90. still running. He's yeah. still open. Yeah. Uh, we know a couple things. One, Carlton Davis cannot cover Tyreek Hill one on one. That was a bad. I said this the other day on the podcast, Tom. I was like, what were the plans they rejected? <laughs> what was you know plan what I mean? B? What was Plan B? <laughs> <laughs> what was what was uh, what was the one where they said, "Oh no, no, we can't do that. They'll kill us." You know what I mean? We like, could do this, but here's a better idea. Let's if we, this yeah, right. If we double Tyreek, no, 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 no. Like, I got it. I got it. I got it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to cover him man-to-man with Carlton Davis. Yeah. All right. Didn't yeah. Work on that. It didn't work the last try, but let's try it again. <laughs> right. And then after two touchdowns. Oh, no, I think we're good. You know what? I think we got him now. <laughs> I think I think we're good. I don't I think, think they even tried to throw now. Yeah. <laughs> They wouldn't even try to throw it over there. I think the plan was that, like, let's try to wear out Patrick Mahomes' arm. Like, at some point, he'll just get. <laughs> or, he'll, maybe, or maybe he'll get tired of running. Get maybe, tired of running. 75 yards, and he'll be gassed. I hear he has That's no right. endurance at all. He's a sprinter. So here's the deal. He's a sprinter, and he has no endurance. So 75 yards, and he's done for the day. Right. Except for the 50-yarder after that. <laughs> or the 200 yards in the first quarter. He did tire out though, because he had two hundred and two in the first quarter. Tom, he only got two sixty nine. Yeah, I know, and it's funny. The plan did work. The if plan you really eventually think about it. it did. Yeah, I think the I think the Chiefs. By the way, nobody's beating that team. Can we just get that out of the? I way know. Now? I'm glad you said that because you know, and I'm not. Look, I I get what the people's concerns are about the people's. It sound like oh, something about Bill Cosby here. The people <laughs> want the pudding. Um, <laughs> I get what the people are concerned about with respect to Brady and the lack of a fit and all that stuff. <laughs> are you Greg, still laughing? I'm still laughing at the, the way you said it the first time. I, the I know what peoples. the people are saying. Yeah. I get what the people with the chalo pointing. Um, but no, I get what they're I get what they're saying. Uh, but but let's let's step back just a bit. And you're you're a step back from yeah. from the insanity that is covering this team all the time, which is. 
Has anybody beaten the Chiefs besides John Gruden when I think that day maybe the Chiefs were just disinterested? Okay, I think that's exactly right. And I thought even in the second half we talk about, well, you know, the Bucs outplayed them in the, after the third, first quarter. I thought the Chiefs got bored in that game, quite frankly. They put there it was, on cruise control. They yeah, had there such was, a big lead. They weren't there was never be. a moment where I thought the, the Bucs had a chance to win that game. Oh, well, there was. Exact- I did. With oh, about really? Four minutes. If, well, I mean, there's four minutes well, to go, yeah. and they're down by three. If they get the ball back, I would have loved to have seen – if Brady was going to fail to take him down there for at least a field goal again, right. like he did against the Rams, I thought, well, this time, you know, if he gets the ball back, he'll surely get him in field goal range. I don't think there's anybody out there beating this team, though. Unless, it, obviously, no. if Patrick Mahomes gets hurt or they have a like COVID runs through the well, team, it's going to be like the Steelers and them, I believe. Well, they'll they'll kill the Steelers. They'll just kill them. I don't yeah. think that game will be close. And I know, that, you know, I, I watched the Steelers the other day against Baltimore, and I know it was a weird game and all that. But and the Steelers aren't bad. Don't get me wrong; they're not a bad team. They're eleven and zero. They're eleven. They're not eleven and zero. I mean, they're not. They're, they're not that good. Let's be honest. I don't see anybody in the NFL. Quite frankly, there's nobody. The only team that I think has 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 like real chances of beating. And no, clearly Vegas has something figured out. They played them well twice. Yeah, but I think that's. I think part of that's like a division thing, Rick. You know how that works. That. You're not afraid of them, yeah. You yeah, you're not afraid of them. You know, kind of know what they do. You kind of know what they like to do. Yeah. Um, but they would have to get. It. There's nobody to me in the AFC, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, um, it's Cleveland. Like none of those teams, I don't think have a legitimate. Chance. The only team I teams out there that I think could give a run. What about Tennessee? Could Tennessee do it? I don't they, think so. They well, Tennessee could try to. Day? Yeah, I mean, they could try to shorten the game a little bit. Yeah, and play, yeah. But I still think I really do feel like if there's a if Patrick Mahomes gets the ball and they really need to score, they will find a way to score. That's how it, would it have, feels. It would have to be something bizarre, like a like a bad weather day or like, yeah. again somebody getting hurt or whatever. Now, if you have a team, and I'm getting, I'll get to the team. There, I think there are a couple teams that can do it. Rick, one is is like a team like Green Bay because I think they can score with you. You know, mm-hmm. you have a quarterback like Maybe. Aaron Rodgers. And I'm telling you, and I, I don't know if Tony Romo was just trying to pump people up talking about these teams playing again. I I still think, and I know this. I'm probably looking at it through rose colored glasses here, but I'm clearly not a Bucks fan. I think the Bucks. <laughs> what do you mean, clearly? <laughs> I think the Bucks. Well, I mean, it's you yeah, know, I know, I've never been accused of that. I I think the Bucks, if they can figure it out offensively and get a little more consistent, I think they can play with Kansas City. Now, I don't really? think they can beat them, but I think they would have a shot more than more than most teams out there. I'll tell you what, right now, if Taysom Hill is the quarterback for the Saints, forget it. He's not beating them. I think he's not beating Drew, Tampa. No, he's. I don't think he beats Tampa. I don't. They need Drew Brees back. They can't win a Super Bowl, New Orleans. With Taysom Hill, what about well? Then Jameis think. hasn't even gotten a look. I mean, no, since, right. since Brees got hurt. But I mean, to get back to the original point, Rick, I know a lot of people are upset. We can get into the whole Brady Arians thing and all that. No, but I'm glad you said it. But I just like like don't lose your mind because they got beat by a team that doesn't lose to anybody basically except for yeah. one day against Vegas. They're ten and one. And they lost by a field goal, and you can say, "Well, they took their foot off the gas," and that's true. But that's what you do when you're trying to beat when you're trying to beat a team and not give them anything, right? You do you stop right. throwing the ball. Um, they did turn it over. One of the turnovers was negated because of an offsides penalty. The you know one was a roughing the pass or whatever, if you want to call it that, on JPP. And the Bucks still, you know, even in losing by three, Brady had two turnovers in Kansas City territory. One at the 26 yard line, I think. And then, you know, they had four minutes to go, a two-minute warning, and a couple timeouts and couldn't get the ball back. If they get it back, who's to say, right? Right. Um, so they lost by three to the Chiefs. And it, 
had it not come on the heels of the Rams game, right, where you lost by three to the Rams and gave up a thousand yards, um, and Brady had the ball in that one, needing. I mean, how many times have you watched Tom Brady needs a field goal? I thought the story should have been, um, and we talked about this after Sean Payton decided to turtle and not, you know, not go on third down, try to make the first down. And Jared, just kicked Jared the field Goff, goal. Or, or, uh, Jared Goff, yeah. Uh, Sean McVay, yeah. Sean McVay, I said Peyton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean, Mc, Sean McVay uh, decided to just you know kick the field goal. Yeah, I was shocked by that too. You know, that was why shocking. Not try to score, a but you've never seen Tom Brady have that opportunity and not not score. And he throws the interceptions. So those two games back to back. But here's what I would say: is this is that, and I'm not gonna make excuses for him. Look, they can lose the next four in a row. I don't know. And if they do, they'll be they'll be hell to pay for sure. But having said all that, um, if I'd have told you at the beginning of the year when we get the schedule. Right, and you kind of go loss, loss, win, win, loss, win, 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 loss. If you mix those two games up, if you say the Rams are two weeks before they played the Chiefs, and Carolina was in the middle and they beat the hell out of Carolina, lost to the Rams, beat the hell out of Carolina, and then lost to the Chiefs, you'd say what? Well, yeah, that's yeah. they're not as good as those teams. That's probably what I would expect. They're- and you know what? If you do the rest of the season like that. You're going to go Minnesota? Eh, yeah, they could lose, but probably will win. Atlanta? Yeah, probably win. Might lose one of them. I don't know. But win, win. Okay, Detroit? Yeah, win. All right, guess what? You're, you, you've won 11 games. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, right. did anybody pick these guys to win to win the NFC South really? Did anybody think that they, with the Saints as an opening day game, that they would really beat the Saints and win the division? Right. I didn't. Look, they, they've played everybody that they've played so far, if you look back. They've only lost one game They that I look at the schedule. Chicago. They, sh- they should have won that game. That was Chicago. No question. And they've only lost one uh, – they've only won one game that I thought they should have lost, and that was the the uh, Green Bay game. Now you can make mm-hmm. an argument about the Rams game. They should have beat the Rams at home, whatever. But, I mean, they're slightly better than average football team right at 12 weeks into the season. I, right. I'm fine. I, I think that's where we thought they would be. Right. Um, I, I, you know, I got, a, I did get a little irritated, Rick, when Bruce Arians said everybody was trying to crown us back in August. Like, well, like let's, it, you guys were, were were in on it too. You know, I'm talking to Bruce Arians. Like, you guys went out and got a Tom Brady, not to go, you know, ten and six. And well, he didn't run from Trump. the expectations. That's no. for sure. I mean, but your, he said the plan was to be them. really good, and they're yeah. not really good. But I don't think. We can expect them to be really good yet. I know we're making – it sounds like we're making excuses. But they are – yeah, the, they are what we thought they were. At least I – If you want to crown them, go ahead and crown them. <laughs> go ahead and crown them. Yeah. <laughs> never, gets Denny Green. never gets old. Never gets old. But, um, look, let, let me ask you this, though, Rick. So I was watching a game on TV the other day. You were at the game. And uh, I'm a big Tony Romo guy. I just think he's absolutely fabulous. Um and there's sort of this speculation because he was a lot of time he was pretty critical of Arians in a roundabout way, and he was very pro Tom Brady, and basically I don't I would say making excuses for Brady, but saying here's why Brady might not be having success, talking about pre snap motion and all this other stuff. And the theory out there, and I, I I'm just gonna just just ask you what you think of this theory. Not saying it's true. A theory out there was Brady whispered in Romo's ear. And Romo was like, oh, okay. And he sort of sold the Brady line to the public. Is there anything to it? Is there anything? Can we read anything into or is, is there? Does, is Romo right that Brady might not be totally in sync with what Bruce Arians wants to do here? 
No, he's right. Of course he's right. And I just loved hearing him predict everything that, uh, you know, and that's what he does. He predicts trouble <laughs> in this case. Well, Jim, you're, you know, this is a problem. He's not his offense. Tony. And so, you know, you go through the whole thing. But, no, he, he, he said on the broadcast, well, I talked to Tom Brady. And then he proceeded to talk about nothing Tom Brady told him, but then put out there that this is a really difficult – he's made a lot of great throws. I mean, he's made some of the greatest throws, but he, he passes the ball a lot. And they really don't have a good running game. And there's really not a lot of play action in this offense. And all the easy things that quarterbacks get to do. And he doesn't get any pre-snap motion because – so now he's got to read everything like as the play is unfolding because there's no there's no get, there's no like tells when the guy's in motion, whether it's man, whether it's the safeties can just get a free run if they want to. And so, yes, yes, hell yes. Um, Tom Brady talked to Tony Romo. Tom Brady told him, here's all the things I used to do. Here's all the things we're not doing, right? And Tony Romo aired it. And then when there were a couple plays, right, like the seam route to Gronk or, you know, uh, a throw in the flat to Ronald Jones, it's like, oh, there's a play, Jim. That, that, that looks, that's what he did. That's what he did in New England, That's you know, and all that stuff. So I'm, I'm, I know how this works, Tom, and so do you, right? Tom Brady is never going to say a, a bad word about Bruce Arians. He's just not. He's not going to say a bad word about Byron Leftwich. And I don't think he has a problem with either one of those guys, by the way, personally. And I think he thinks that they're trying their best to try to help him and help the team win. And But they told him going in that we're going to run our offense. And, and I think Tom initially was probably like, you know, first of all, quarterbacks love to throw the ball. So who wouldn't want to, to tackle this offense, right? Your quarterback, yeah, let's let's grip it and rip it. No risk it, no biscuit, all that. But then you get into it and you realize what happens. He gets hit a lot. He's right. getting hit a lot, okay? The interceptions he throws, he's got guys on him in his face. Watch the the first throw, he, like the deep throw he makes to Mike Evans that Evans should have tracked better and caught. Yeah. It's a perfect ball. I mean, Brady got destroyed when he threw that ball. Absolutely destroyed. It wasn't, and, wasn't even funny. And when he's and when he's had problems in his career, and by the way, replace the name Tom Brady with every other quarterback in exactly. NFL history. Exactly. But when we look back at his New England career, when he's had trouble, when he has struggled, it's usually because the other Pressure. team gets to him. I mean, look, yeah. New York Giants won two Super Bowls doing it. There you go. They hit them. him and they hit him early and they hit him off, and the quarterback must go down hard <laughs> and must go down. So that's the whole game. I mean, that is the yeah. game, right? You affect the quarterback. You can do it with coverage. You can do it with pass rush, but you got to affect the quarterback. Well, they've affected him because when you do let him sit back there and he gets play action, he has separation from the line, and he can scan the field, he's deadly. He's lethal. You can't stop him. I saw it against the Raiders. I saw it at times you know, against uh, Carolina. He filleted them. I mean, it wasn't even funny. Now, those are bad defensive lines that couldn't put any pressure on him, but he's – He's got the arm. He's got he, you know all that stuff. So somewhere in there, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to move. This has always been the thing that I didn't get about this transaction. Not that, not that I was surprised he picked Tampa. I don't know what other choices he really had ultimately. Like I've heard Chicago. I've heard the Chargers. Right. Um, I know San Francisco had a discussion about it, but it was never really a um, something they considered very much. And I think it was Brady's side reaching out to them, but. When he came here, you know, Arians was not Arians knows one offense. More importantly, Byron Leftwich knows one offense. Byron Leftwich has been in this offense going back to his Pittsburgh days as a backup to uh, Ben Roethlisberger. 
So Byron is now calling the plays. Byron is putting in the offense. Byron is in his second year as a coordinator, and he's got a guy who was a much better quarterback, undersees the game different, has accomplished everything, and, you know, they to me, they just haven't gone fast enough to, to altering some things to make make Brady more comfortable. And whether that's motion, whether that's play action, whether that's having an identity as a run first team, I don't know. You know, I, I'm 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 obviously I'm a writer. I'm not a I'm not no, a let me ask you this though, Rick, because I watch and I watch too much of these shows, I admit. Like the word the you know the funny thing with the with the pandemic we're all working from home. Like normally I would be at pointer like Yeah. All the time. But now that I'm home and I actually have the TV on, and if I can't stand watching CNN or Fox News or MSNBC anymore, I I'll flip on ESPN and I watch. So, I, but I admit I watch like Get Up in the morning, and I'll watch. Yeah. I'll eat lunch and I'll watch Colin Coward or whatever. Yeah. And the problem with some of these shows is, like like tomorrow, like the the day after a game, this is the greatest team we've ever seen, and then of course they lose the next week. They have all kind of problems. They need to think about turning everything over. That's you know, it's, correct. It's overreaction. I get it. That's what they do. But the big, sort of the big narrative is, wait a minute, you brought in Tom Brady, you bring in the greatest quarterback of all time, you should be changing your offense to adapt to him as opposed to ha- expecting him to adapt to your offense. And part of me is like, wait a minute, why? Like, if Tom Brady's so great, I'm just throwing this out there, I'm just playing, I'm just yeah, asking yeah. a question. Yeah. But if Tom Brady truly is the GOAT, he's the greatest quarterback of all time, mm-hmm. shouldn't he be able to play in an offense that Ben Roethlisberger succeeded in? And yes. that... So I mean, some of this I think falls yes. on Brady too. Well, you shouldn't just sit oh, there. Oh, no go, question, it does. Oh, and here, and here's what I'll He's say been... about it, though. Here's what I'll say about that. And I don't, I don't totally disagree with you. My opinion is Tom Brady can play in any offense because he's played long enough. He understands that you know the key to, to the quarterback position is, you know, find the open guy, throw him the ball. I mean, it right. sounds simple, right? But that's how he even looks at the quarterbacking. Like if they. You know, if they're too deep, you got to run the ball. If they're, you know, if they play in, you throw it over their head. If they play back, you throw it in front of them. If they shade you to the outside, you throw it inside. If they have inside leverage, you throw it outside. I mean, that's really how he sees the game, and it's just a question of knowing where that ball is going. You know, as you're as you're taking the snap. However, you got to understand who he is. He's a 43 year old Tom Brady, right? who understands and hears the clock ticking really loudly in his head and is not going to stand back there and take hit after hit after hit, okay? He's just not going to do it. And furthermore, most of his career has been about getting the ball out of his hands, getting it accurately to somebody who can run after the catch. Yeah, he'll take his shots now and then. But but there is a Brady-esque offense, right, that he has sort of, no matter whether it was Charlie Weiss, uh, Josh McDaniels, you name it, right? Bill They've O'Brien, had many coordinators yeah. in uh, uh, Bill O'Brien, right? They've had many coordinators in New England. It's not Belichick's offense. Hell, Belichick's a defensive coach, right? Okay, but but it has become the New England offense. No, it's become the Brady offense. Just like when Peyton Manning, when Peyton Manning left Indianapolis, that wasn't the Jim Mora offense or the Tony Dungy offense, right? Right. Um, that was that became Peyton Manning's offense, and they will tell you he was the coordinator for the most part. He ran the practices, he picked the plays, you know all of that. So when he went to Denver, he said, "We're going to run what I do, and all you guys are going to have to learn it." Period. I'll teach it to you, but I'm not learning a new offense. In fact, he even called it the same things. In Tampa, Brady said, 
I'll learn the terminology. I'll go. I'll you know, football is football. Let's be honest. Okay, there's only yeah. so many plays you can run. Only so many routes. You know, it's like a chessboard, right? The rook can only move a certain way. You know, um, and of course in New England you, you they turned a little chess. rude on me there, man. Just for a second, I'll tell you what, man, it's <laughs> just like for half a second. <laughs> the rook can only rude the same way. You know what I mean? It's two up, one over, or is that two over, one up, something like that? Yeah, I like the that's queen because the, the queen. That's the knight. <laughs> Okay. I'll tell you what, man. Bill tell you Belichick. What, man. Let's, let's go to Hooters. We'll figure it all out right now. Bill, that's right. You like beer? Bill Belichick, that guy plays chess, not checkers, man. That's all I got to say. But my point is is that he can play in any offense, right? But you do, have to, you do have to adapt your offense to your talent and where it is today, okay? So understand that. You know, Brady has been playing a certain way, and it's been okay so far. <laughs> well, let me, I was saying, let me ask you this. So change I mean, it a little bit. I mean, yeah. Has change it, has it, it up. It, has it really been – has the offense really been that bad? I mean – No, it hasn't been bad, but but here's the thing. Against the lesser teams that aren't getting to him, when he can sit back there and pat the ball a little bit, yeah, he's throwing for 450, 400 yards, you know, like he did against Carolina, who's dreadful, by the way, when it comes to defense, especially on the defensive line. But against the better teams that have good defenses, like the Saints, you know, to some degree the Chiefs just decided to cover zero and come after him when they knew he was throwing. Um, against the teams that can get home, that's when he struggled. Right. Not a secret, right? So you you got to, you know, he's a get-the-ball-out-of-your-hand type of guy, but you don't have running backs that can consistently catch, so you have a personnel issue. It doesn't match. You know, it'd be nice to have a guy that underneath that you can check the ball down to, but they're inconsistent catching the ball. So you, so lately they've had trouble on third down. Now it didn't make sense the last game they were third and two, third and three, third and two, third and six. You know, and they couldn't pick those up, which is stupid. You should be able to pick them up. Um, as Romo said during the broadcast, he goes, you know, when the Bucks offense, three guys are going down the field, you know, are going vertical, and one guy's underneath in the in the Patriots offense, you'd have three guys underneath and one guy going vertical. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Just mix it up a little bit. You know, right. give him, give him a better uh, opportunity to not sit back there and get hit because they're not blocking everybody. That's the other thing. They got five guys eligible. So if I bring six, you can't block my sixth guy. So somebody's hot all the time, right? You know, and if they're not on the same page, like Antonio Brown wasn't the other day. Then guess what? The quarterback's got two choices: throw the ball away or get hit. Right. So I I still think that there's you know time. Look, there's still a month in the season. They could get really hot. You know, they could use these games and beat these teams and be a hot offense going into the playoffs. I mean, Brady's never made it from a wild card, but you know, we'll see. I just I just think it's 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 funny to me because the the Bucks fans who have not seen or sniffed a playoff. I know. Since this is the thirteenth, could be the thirteenth year, right? All of a sudden, they have a seven and five football team that still has a chance to win ten or eleven games and make the playoffs, and they want to fire the coach. <laughs> this because this is all they know to do, right? Right, fire the coach. Which I don't get. How many coaches do you want? No, I'm with you. I'm with you, and I, I think you know. I look. I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl this year. I don't think. And it's not an indictment on them. I just think only one team is right. I think there's some teams out there that are better than they are. And I think they would have trouble if they played New Orleans again, but this is a better team than they've had 
in recent years. Now, I look. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, what would their record be if they if if uh, if Jameis was still the quarterback? Well, I don't know. Leonard Fournette wouldn't be here. I don't think Antonio Gronk Brown wouldn't would, be here. Gronk wouldn't be here. Antonio Brown wouldn't be here. So right. we'll start with that. Yeah, but you know. But is it is this fair? Let me ask you this question. I think this is a fair question to pose, and I, I'm not sure I have a great answer. So for all the the trouble and the criticism, and ultimately got him out of here, Jameis Winston played in this offense for for the last two years for the, for for his last season, right? It, it was his first year in this offense, but right. he played in it. Um, same problems in terms of got hit a lot, a lot of vertical routes, not many checkdowns, not many outlets, didn't run the ball very well. He threw 30 interceptions, Tom, and he was bounced. How come we weren't – how come – when I say we, how come people, media or otherwise, national media, wasn't screaming saying, you're destroying Jameis Winston with his offense. Why are you making it so hard for him? That's a good question. They're saying it about Brady. Yeah. They didn't say about Jameis. Well, I think with with Brady, we've we've seen success from him. Thank you, know? you. And that's that's been the big that's the big reason. But I mean, look, there's a part of of Jameis that um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's easy to it's easy just to question Jameis and and to be critical. Yeah, because he, he's never done anything really. I mean, since going back to college. I mean, you go back. You have to go back to college to find when he's really really been successful. And at Florida State, he didn't protect the football. Right, he threw it all at over the place. At least at the there, end too. of his end of his career. Right. So there's that, right? Exactly. So I, I think I think Jameis didn't get the benefit of the doubt. Oh, for sure. Because but of, I don't be, know that he deserved because it. Because before Arians got here, he threw what? A lot of interceptions, right? <laughs> right. Lost a lot of games. I mean, his first throw was a pick six and his last throw was a pick six. And in between right. there was a lot of good and a lot of bad. But the, the 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 things that he faced that Brady's facing now is that the offensive line just isn't good enough, I don't think. I, I think they're it's getting better and I think it'll improve um you know, when everybody's healthy and um, it's good to see Ali Marpet, you know. Um, yeah. Back he played. But, Donovan Smith came. Have you ever known a guy to walk into a stadium with a boot and play? <laughs> yeah, I mean That's what Donovan Smith did. Yeah. So, yeah. um if they get a good, I, I still think they have a chance to do some things this year. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I believe they'll make they the make the playoffs. You're, yeah. that's your Nostradamus yeah, yeah. prediction, right? No, okay. I mean, there's too many teams make it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the Minnesota game will be an interest. That'll be a good test game. I'm thinking. You know, I mean, that's that's, that's a not, team. Look, if Minnesota beats Jacksonville Sunday, they will have won five out of six and be right back into the playoff hunt. That's a team. That's a team. They're a little bit scary to play. They are, they have an offense. Kirk, Kirk Cousins. I mean, do you like that? That happened. That happened against yeah Bucks. against Tampa. He can play. I Ad, mean, they're, Adam Thielen and yeah. And, uh, no, they, yeah. they can play. They can How about play. Dalvin Cook if he's healthy? Yeah. I don't know that he is, but I mean, that's that's the type of team that you're in the running with. That's the type of team that you're gonna have to beat if you want to make the playoffs. That's I think correct. they will. I think they will make the playoffs, and I think they have a chance to win a game. But it's too bad that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe now they'll probably miss out on that NFC East game, right? <laughs> the uh, yeah, they're not going to get the Eagles or the or the Giants or the oh Reds. My gosh. Or Who's Dallas the best or... quarterback in that division right now? By the way, Oof. Alex Smith. Maybe. <laughs> it's crazy. Although I've ne- I've never seen. I mean, you've ever seen anything like Carson Wentz that just like went from he was an MVP. Oh, he got hurt. He could have won the Super Bowl too. Man, when are we getting rid, rid of Carson Wentz? <laughs> that's got to be. I mean, that's got to be a team thing, right? That's got to be. They're just too beat up, right? Is that's got to be it? Uh, I don't know. I think he's got the yips. 
Did you watch it? By the way, did you see the game the other night? I don't know. I don't know if you noticed what happened at the game the other night. So they're down, whatever it was, late, and they throw the hell mary. You know that game. You know they were six and a half point underdogs in that game. Which one are you talking about? The, the Eagles game. You're talking Eagles, about Seattle. Wentz. Okay, yeah. Eagles, Seattle. Seattle was a six and a half point favorite in that okay. game. And they were up whatever the score was late, and then they threw a Eagles threw a, a hail mary and went for two, and made it, and won and lost by six. That game killed a lot of people. That's a bad Just beat. Is it's that a bad beat. Bad that's beat. what was one of the great things. Where and that's why I like to actually sit. Like as soon as the game ended, they went to Scott Van Pelt, who said, <laughs> "Well, that was a significant ending for a lot of people." <laughs> anyway. That's why you don't gamble, man. I know. I know. But I like East Carolina. <laughs> yeah, that's why you don't gamble. Please, please. Or if you do, make sure you win. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. All right, uh, we'll wrap it up on college football. I don't know where it's all headed, but uh, boy, there's a lot of canceled games. And now all of a sudden, I thought this was weird, too. We asked Matt Baker about this. Um, What have you saw? Kurt Herbstreit came out. You know, Michigan's Uh. had some games canceled. Because of COVID, and there's more and more, and it's a terrible year for Jim Harbaugh. Look, it's, this is last year there. He's going to end up. You know, you give me a hard time league. about my boy James Franklin up there at Penn State. You know, that's my I do. Guy. He's the worst game day coach in America. And I, so I'm going to give you a hard time about your boy Jim Harbaugh, which is he James Franklin. They had 100 oh and five on a year, first time in 125 years or whatever, 127 years of Penn State football. They own five. They go in and beat your boy Harbaugh. Yeah, the quarterback got hurt, Tom. You know Penn that? State's missing everybody. They got their Micah Parsons. They're stop the best with the missing pl- everybody. They're, they're missing their best State. players. They're missing their. They're they missing lost their best. every game until then. But then they until went they, and beat Michigan. Well, Michigan. got So I'm hurt. giving you a hard time. I'm. I. I, I almost. I, it took, How many every, games took has Harbaugh? My will How, uh, to tech oh, to not stop. text you Saturday afternoon and go on. How many games there? Har- Harbaugh averaged 10, 10 wins a year there. At How Michigan many or something? I'm just saying you. I. I'll, Franklin's had a, done a better job since Harbaugh's been at Michigan. Franklin's done a better job at Penn State than Harbaugh has at Michigan. He's won a Big Ten title. Harbaugh, yeah, I, uh, Franklin did. I'll give you that. And there, he's at least he's beaten Ohio State at least. Franklin. Yeah. During that I, time, I don't know what it. I I don't think uh, what Harbaugh wants to do on offense works in college football. Here's here's what I think. The, my greater point, though, Rick, I'm throwing this whole season out. The whole season's ridiculous. Yeah. I don't. You got some teams are playing four or five games. Another teams are playing, going to end up playing nine or ten games. I'll go one games. step further. College football is broken in my it opinion. It is. You know why? about it. I'll tell you why. Because every year, all we're interested in is four teams, right? Right. That's all we care about. We don't care about if you're not a power five, you know, whatever. We're going to pick four teams. And not only are we going to pick four teams, but we're starting out the year and we're going to say it's going to be one of these four teams or three of these four teams, whatever. But guaranteed, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Okay. Right. After that, maybe you get a Notre Dame. Maybe. Well, it's going to be like Notre Dame, Oklahoma. Maybe you get Oklahoma if they're if they're playing ball. Or you the know? second best team in the SEC. Or maybe maybe in Oregon if right. you know right. the Pac twelve has got one team that's any good. 
okay? Mm-hmm. But basically, it's the dance. I mean, the dance cards are already, already made out. It's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. Now, here's the weird thing. Because if that's what your goal is, is to have the best two weekends of TV, right? Because this is what this is about. Then why are we even playing the season? And and who cares if Ohio State plays four games or seven? Because you know what? They're one of the four best teams. And we're only interested in two weekends of the year anyway. Well, here's what the, this is all, If this it, is what it's all about. You hit it right on the head, Rick. I just think it's so funny that, look, the Big Ten has jumped all around on this thing. They've never, they haven't been right yet with the way they've handled COVID. I thought, I thought at the beginning when they, they were the, remember, they were the first conference that said, we're not playing. This is right. silly. Too we're dangerous. not going to play. Yeah. Too dangerous. We don't know the long term effects, blah, right. blah, blah. We're not going to play. And then they took all kind of criticism from inside and outside the conference yeah. because all of a sudden the ACC and the SEC said, well, we're going ahead with it in the Big 12. We're playing. Neither Big Ten got scared because they said, okay, we're going we're gonna to lose all our recruits. You know, People are going to use this against us. They care more about football than we do. Then they started getting calls from inside the house. From you know, Ohio State started griping. Nebraska started griping, threatening to leave. And and they and I'm telling you, the only reason the Big Ten decided to start playing again, this is my opinion. The only reason is we can't have a college football playoff and not have Ohio State go because Ohio State, you knew, like you're right. The this the whole Big Ten season is being played, so Ohio State gets into the into the championship. And here it is, they're not going to have enough games to play in the Big Ten title game, which is silly because I don't care who's in a Big Ten title game. Whether it's Indiana or Northwestern, whoever wins, you're telling me they're better than Ohio State. They're not. That's that's they're simple. not. No. So this idea. So you're right. I mean, on one hand, it's like the game. Does the season even matter if if Northwestern wins the Big Ten and Ohio State only ends up playing four games or whatever? But right. we know Ohio State's better. Right. How do you not put them in the title game? You know, but they're also better than they're better than Cincinnati. Yes, they're better than BYU. They're better than any other team that has. They're better than the second best team in the SEC. So whether, you know, if it's whether uh, it's four games or seven games, and we're looking for the best four team. Now I understand why everybody else is like, wait, they only play four games. How do you get to play a win for a national championship? Well, because the the little dirty secret about college football is they don't care. It's a TV show. Right. It's professional sports. It's about network TV money. It's about putting on a show, and. It's unfortunate for the a- Texas A&M's, or maybe even the Florida could make it, I guess. They're, they'll be fine with them as a fourth team. But at the end of the day, you know, we've got dynasties in college football. Well, and the problem, and the thing is, Rick, I've you've known me. I was fine with the BCS. I liked it when we just had two teams because I thought these are the two best teams. Every year I thought we got the two best teams in the, in the, for the most part. Yeah. In the championship, then I was a po- they went to four teams. I'm like, all right, four is fine. Let's yeah. and I was like, big on no more. That's it. Right. Now I'm starting to come around. I'm like, you know what? Because my my attitude was, I think it should be like college basketball. See, yeah, I th- I'm starting to come with you on that because my idea was, well, the regular season is so important. You know, I was yeah. one of those people that said, you, you want you want a playoff? Season. It's right. yeah, there's a playoff. It starts in September. That's right. And, it's called the conference champion. That's yeah. right. Or yeah, or you lose a game in September, you're done. What I've come to find out, Rick, is you're absolutely right that mo- that ninety percent of the games in college football really aren't that competitive when you think no, about it, when you watch it. They're not, and so it comes down to yeah, you're right. You see, you, and, you, hit and you know what they you know what they do, Tom? Because even if even if you say, well, Alabama lost the game, they lost. Let's say they get upset early in the season, or or you know, week one they they lose to, I don't, I don't somebody, right? right. They're going to come back and say, well, that one loss Alabama team is better. 
than that undefeated Cincinnati team. Right. Well, that, I mean, we've had times BYU where Alabama's team. played Georgia and the loser, like we try to make an argument why one of those right. should get in. Right. You know? Right. Have well, I'm with you now. I think, you know, because the regular season is so full of games that are meaningless and we are right. playing for two weekends a year, which is right. like you just said. Start doing what basketball does. No, I, make think, it, I think it's 16, I'm starting to come 32. Now, I don't care what teams. it is. But, yeah. but the thing about college football is unlike basketball, they don't care about Cinderella. Cinderella doesn't exist. She doesn't have a dance card at the ball. Right. She ain't going to the ball, right? We're not inviting anybody that's not bougie. You know what I mean? Right. Like you gotta be, you gotta be a blue blood. We're all about the blue bloods. Yeah. Can you imagine if we did it in college basketball? We're just like every right. Year, what, we're, right. Just have, we're just gonna have Duke and Kansas and Kentucky, and North Carolina. There's no, that's there's it. no Gonzaga. And even right. Gonzaga's a power now, but there's no, right. yeah, there's there's no uh, Cinderellas. No VCU, no. No. You know, we're not going to have. Yeah, all those moments, you know, one right. shine. You'll never have them say, the ball is kicked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that'll no, never no happen. No Loyola, none of that, yeah. No. No sister, exactly. whatever her name was, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. But here's the thing, too, Rick, is that this – uh, I, I still don't think they should be playing, but they are. They're they're somehow gonna they're they're gonna play it. You start to bring up Kirk Herbstreet, yeah. This idea that uh, Michigan's the white gonna, flag is gonna. He said that Michigan's gonna float, roll up the white flag. Look, I'm a big Kirk Herbstreet guy. I like him a lot. I think he's I think he's really good at what he does. That was completely out of line. And I know he he apologized. Here's the problem, though, Rick. You can't unring that bell. You can't. How do you? That's what I'm saying. Like every time I see, and for years I thought, you know what? When he talks about Michigan, he talks to them like they're just another team up north. Right. Not that he played at Ohio State and he lived in Columbus for a while and all that stuff. And I was impressed with that. And he even and said, I think he takes you know a lot me. of crap from Ohio State fans for not being more pro. Yeah, Ohio and he State. goes, you know me. I've tried really hard to be, you know, objective and not. Well, you know what? You just blew it. And I don't know. Like you're right. I don't know how you unring that bell because if that now game's not I'm played, Rick. People are going to say, "Ah, oh, Herbstreit was right." Like somehow he's going to end up my, my, and it's the stuff that you see on message boards. That's right. Like what he said was just, and I, and again, he apologized like over the top apology. He did that. I long, that I believed. Yeah. I thought was sincere. Yes. The problem is that could it could he couldn't say it in the first place. I I hate to be one of the like I'll get an argument with my wife. You don't get and, a second chance, right? Right. Well, I get an argument with my wife, and at some point I say I'm sorry, and. If or she'll say or sorry, and the other one keeps going, and you're like, what? What else do you want? I already said I'm sorry. I already admitted I'm wrong. Like, you know, now right. you're just running up to score on me. Like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I want you to suffer, Tom. Right. That's what and I see, want you to do. And that's the thing with this here is that is that he apologized, and I get it, and, and so I'm, I feel like I'm beating up somebody who already knows he screwed up, but it was a bad screw up. It's like, the old SNL, you know, when they were doing, um, who was it that the woman that that did uh, Sean. Um, the the press, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, Sean Spicer. Yeah, Sean Spicer. Melissa says, McCarthy. Yeah. I want, yeah, yeah, exactly. I want you to apologize to me, and your apology is not accepted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's like, and I, we and there is a lot of that. Like we want, we want Kirk Herbstreit to suffer. We want the Michigan fans want. To, you know, I get it, but at the same time, like I, he apologized. He was sincere, but it was a bad look, and and um, and now we're gonna. You know, it's just the whole thing's a mess. And this thing yeah. with the NFL too, Rick. I, I don't get it. Like, what? And I know we're you know we're running short on time here, but just to be, 
clear. Not like really. this. Well, this like Denver, like Denver doesn't have a court. That's a bad look, man. They didn't have a quarterback the other day. Listen, that, they don't care. And, and don't Roger care. Goodell was on before uh, the Ravens game. And like, well, what's why? Why did they wait a week? You know, this game was supposed to be played last Thursday. It was played on a Wednesday. A week later, how come those teams got to wait a week? And Denver was told, "You can't wait a couple more days. You got to play with no quarterback. We don't care." Yeah. And the the answer is because one was about safety, right? And the other one was about competitive balance. And the league has been pretty clear about this. If you're out of offensive linemen, too bad. If you've done something to to get a position group sick or or has to do tracing or has to do isolation, that's on you. Because we have taken steps to say mask up, separation, we're testing every day, all of that, right? And if you're found to be at fault, as the Broncos were, we don't care if you have a quarterback because you know what? We've given you 16 players on a practice squad that you can call up at any time. Right, we have rules upon rules where, you know, you, you can have hell. You could even sign a guy, have him tested every day, have him in your in your protocol, and he'd never even have to come to the facility and could still play quarterback for you if you wanted him to. You could call. You could have had Josh McCown in that role if you no, wanted. No, and I to. get it. And like New England had to play without Cam Newton earlier this year. I, yeah, but they and, don't care. In other words, they're playing the two hundred and fifty whatever there games. You there you go. Are. You just hit on. They're, they have one. They concern. don't care. We're playing the play games. the season. We're going to play every game because at some point, if you didn't play a specific game, there's going to be some give back to the network or, you know, how do you determine that this team won the division and that team didn't play as many games? Their goal is to play every game somehow. I just don't – what I get sick of, though, and, I, and I'll call it like – and i got to admit, it bugged me the other night. I was watching Burger McFarlane on ESPN like, well, let's just get, let's give credit to the NFL. They really, they're really handled this the best. They're doing a good job. No, they're not doing a good job because I'm watching games that are crappy, and I get it, like why it happened, and everybody's trying to figure this out. COVID like has thrown everything out of whack, but at the same time, I watched the Ravens, and the Ravens not almost beat the Steelers here today, so give them credit. But they had no quarterback; half their team was missing. Wait, you're saying RG three's no quarterback? No, he's not. You know, and here's the thing, Rick. Denver, okay, Denver, tough Denver. If you don't like it, then mask up and make sure your guys are protected. Okay, that screws Denver. You know who else got screwed? Everybody who's battling New Orleans for the number one seed <laughs> yeah. in the NFC. If right, I'm but blame, Seattle, but don't don't blame the league or, or or New Orleans. Blame Denver. No, but if I'm, but we make it sound like oh, we're going to punish Denver. No, but you're punishing Seattle too, and you're punishing yeah. the Bucks too. Like if I'm Seattle, and now I have to go to Green Bay for a. A divisional playoff game, and then I got to get on a plane the next week and go to New Orleans, even yeah. though there's no crowd there, because Denver was throwing out to Joe Schmo as their quarterback. Like, yeah, you know, I the NFL like their only concern is like let's play the games. Like we're getting all the games. That in. is their concern, and above and beyond beyond anything else. We're playing these games. These games are going to be played and hopefully played in the same week that they are scheduled. Right, and we'll crown a champion, and we'll go to Tampa, and there'll be fans or not. We don't care. <laughs> we don't, don't care. care they don't Look, they don't good care. for it's the nfl t- they're playing it's tampa too by Plowing the way for, yeah I of know. course it's tampa they owe us another super bowl by the way if we- yeah don't hold your breath no we bailed them out <laughs> we nah. bailed them out when the la you did get their but state. you did their job you did your job you bailed them out you know what they're saying to themselves <sighs> thank god this wasn't in la oh well, i know that's what they're saying they're saying oh it's just Tampa. that's why you owe us another one well you'll get 2029 20, about- whatever yeah, you'll get one in about, you know, eight years. That's fine. Or whenever the next Just one Just make sure to bring up. another one here. 
Well, what will be, what will the crisis be then? Locusts? Oh, murder ant, murder hornets? <laughs> killer killer bees? What? Killer yeah. bees? Yeah. Uh, I mean, seriously, man. What a year. You can't have nice things, Tom. Children, no, you can't have nice things. Could there possibly be, though, seriously, a sports area? Like, you think about Tampa Bay, right? Small market, right? Struggling attendance for the Rays. Um, Lightning does okay regardless, but, you know, Bucks, you know, thirsting for any any success and, and attendance. And then you have 2020 comes, and you're like, it's the greatest year in sports ever in Tampa Bay. Right. The but Lightning win the Stanley happen? Cup. Here's what's going to happen, Rick. The so, Rays, they went all the way, didn't get a single fan in there. No. But here's and now what's the gonna, Bucks. Here's what's going to happen. The, I have this fear that here's what happens. The, the Lightning can't figure out the – the salary cap, they're going to have to blow it up somehow, uh, that Tom Brady will say, you know what, nah, this this one year was enough. Uh, I, I think it's time to go. And the Rays will trade Blake Snell, and Charlie Morton's already gone. And no one will ever be good again. And they'll never be good again. And in five years from now, when the Rays are losing 100 games and the Lightning are getting 45 points and the Bucks are 3-13, and 13, we're going to say – that twenty twenty that didn't happen, did it? It was like a dream. It was like a night. Like it really didn't. <laughs> it's so weird. Like the whole year's surreal. Anyway, if like, no I don't know what month. I, it's it's bizarre that it's December. We had a tropical storm. It felt like ten minutes ago, and now it's like fifty degrees. Well, as we're doing this podcast, I know. And it's, I I just have a feeling we're going to wake up one day and go. I don't think any of that happened. Tom Brady never played here. The Lightning never won a cup. It's like a Twilight. It's like an episode of Twilight Zone. You know me. Well, yeah, and I've got some Twilight Zone episodes I want to write, and that might be one of them. But That's you know me. It's like everybody's like, I can't wait till. Yeah, you know, I woke up on December 1st thrilled that it was the last month of 2020. Like yes. we got one more month of this godforsaken year. And then I started thinking the way I normally think, which is, wait a minute, it can always get worse, Rick. You know it can always get worse. What are you thinking? Like shake yourself. I know. 2021 might be worse. What are you the doing? COVID doesn't read calendars. Yeah, what if this is as good as it gets, you know? The old Jack Nicholson line. <laughs> All right, well, uh, he is Tom Jones. You can read him on pointer.org for those of you who are uh, into reading about media and uh, the following of, uh, I guess, we're still in the election season. We're still in the, <laughs> the inauguration is, is coming. Uh, we got invitations to write. I know you're going to be there in Washington. That's right. Or not. <laughs> No, you're I not wish. going, are you? No, you're going. I wish no. I was. no, no, yeah. Um, but no, check them out. It's uh, it's a great newsletter, and um, and you get to read it every week, which is which is cool. So, yeah. thanks, Tommy. Appreciate the time, buddy. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Steve. Remember to go see our friends at uh, Brightling Boutique in International Plaza. You know, there's only one of fifteen in the United States. You need to check them out. I know you're doing your Christmas shopping. Let me just tell you something. Whether you have a wife or a husband or a girlfriend or whatever. Uh, go in there and check out these beautiful watches. These things are absolutely gorgeous. And if you do that and tell them that Rick Stroud sent you, they will give you a brand new $60 Breitling cap. That's Breitling Boutique at International Plaza. Enjoy the weekend. For Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a good weekend, everybody. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.